Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us on one of the radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or maybe you're watching or listening on the show website, CREshow.com. Well, today we have a very interesting show for you. We're going to talk about restaurants. I mean, the restaurant industry has seemingly been doing well. Uh, I'm eating out a lot. <laughs> I'm spending a lot of money uh, eating out. Uh, but there's been some changes, especially if you own shopping centers and, and uh, you have restaurants restaurant tennis. Well, we have some experts in Studio One today. We have Eric and Robin Gagnon. Now, they own a company called We Sell Restaurants, and they're franchisors, so they have offices all around the country. And uh, and you also sell restaurants themselves, and we appreciate you guys being here in Studio One with us. Oh, we're excited to be here, Michael. Thanks so much. We're going to talk about our favorite topic today, restaurants. That's right. Glad to be and, here. And they also have a radio show, right? So uh, you can catch their radio show on uh, Biz 1190 or Talk 920 Well, in actually, Atlanta. we have retired from the radio show business oh, because have okay. we've been too busy selling restaurants well, and franchising you. our brand. So yeah. we're just relying on experts like you to carry that torch forward. Right. Well, you were good. doing so well, we'll hand that over to you. That's good. Well, we'll get you back on the radio today. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd like to find out from you guys, you know, really how how well is the restaurant industry doing? Are people spending money in the restaurants? How's it going? You know, the restaurant industry continues to grow by mm -hmm. leaps and bounds. There are over a million locations in America. I don't think people realize it's a $782 billion business. When you think about that in terms of the United States GDP, mm -hmm. it's 4% of the gross domestic product. Now, to put that in perspective, that's larger than 90% of other nations' entire GDP. It's a monstrous business, and it's an exciting business. So people are getting in and getting out every single day, and that's how we help them. Yeah. So last year, what were the trends for sales? You know, sometimes, uh, you know, if you're a landlord, you hear from your restaurant tenant, oh, the business is tough. Yeah. <laughs> How's it really going? <laughs> sales trended up last year. Now, they weren't remarkably up. I think the national average was somewhere around 2.9%, but it was in positive territory when a lot of other industries were hit in negative range. I mean, Americans love to eat out. If you think back to when we were kids, you know, you ran home every day, played after school, and then everybody came to the dinner table. So if you look at the 70s and 80s, only about 45% of every dollar that Americans American family spent was spent outside the house. It was spent buying groceries and cooking inside. I mean, now it's like ne nearly 70% of all of the food dollar is going to eating out. We love to eat out as Americans, it, yeah. and it shows. Yeah, and also I think uh, landlords who have space and retail space and shopping centers, uh, they're all looking for more of an experience, right? To to get people out to to have tenants that you know aren't impacted by online sales. And if you're going to eat in a restaurant, you can't do that at home, right? <laughs> you know? no, that's correct. You can't do that online. And anyway, that's and this is a different animal that landlords should also look at it from a different perspective. There's a lot of people bunks retail into one big segment, but restaurants are a little different. As you can tell when you, you know, you tell the landlord says, hey, three to five percent a year increase, that's what we charge. On a year when you have 2.9 percent growth, if you have a five percent year increase, you're actually losing money as a restaurateur. So landlords should be a bit more open about a strategy to come up that is a win-win for them to grow their, their rent role, but as well, but also to keep the restaurants in business and stay in their centers. Well, a landlord would say, you sound like a tenant rep to me. <laughs> but that's a, good, that's a good point, though. If, you're, if your sales uh, are only going up 2.9%, you got a 5% annual increase in your rent, pretty soon your numbers are, are going the wrong way. Well, there's a lot of talk about what Trump's out there doing and trying to do. How might what Trump wants to do impact the restaurant industry? 
Oh gosh, there are so many facets of a new administration and how that will impact the restaurant industry. I mean, first and foremost, the restaurant industry is composed of small business owners and operators. Um, seven in 10 restaurants are single unit owned. So you might see a franchise name over the door, but that's independently owned and operated. So these are small business owners. There is tremendous optimism, some of the highest optimism that we've ever seen in small business, I believe since 1984 out there. So that's impacting um, the restaurant industry because the owners feel now as if they can invest in the economy and put capital in and stop reserving that capital they've been holding. Um, another, oh, go ahead. So, so they're more excited about opening new locations and additional locations and maybe buying their first restaurant. There's just more excitement you're seeing. Exactly. Okay. And then we've got minimum wage laws, which have been, you know, there was a big push to try to push minimum wage up to about $15 an hour, which is a death sentence for the restaurant industry. I mean, they employ so many people that taking wages to an average of $15 an hour could be really a death blow. So with the Trump administration, there's been a lot of downward pressure on that. And I think we're going to let the economy, the actual um, the actual people who are coming to the restaurant and let the market decide what the what the server should be compensated for and that's rightly so if you get great service they're going to make a lot more than fifteen dollars an hour and if you don't then maybe that's appropriate as well um, and then we have this um, joint employer concept so there was a few lawsuits that started that have made it all the way up to federal court where franchisors were being tagged as in an employer employee relationship with someone who was in employed by the franchise brand. So that has been a huge sticking point and there is a lot of optimism among the uh, International Franchise Association and among the industry that that will kind of go away because if you start saying that the guy who owns the local subway in a small town in Peoria has is a is part of a massive organization for Subway National then all kinds of labor laws and pricing laws and many other things would come into play that would be very very harmful to the industry so all those things kind of translate into it's better for the restaurant industry with a new Trump economy. And did you see a bump in sales for these restaurants after Trump was announced? I mean, we had the stock market's been doing well. Did sales jump any? Or? Um, there, I don't haven't seen national numbers that yeah. said that sales jumped. I know because one thing you have to consider is we're talking about first quarter. So weather is a huge impact on restaurant sales in first quarter. So um, I think in certain markets it was actually down a little bit, but I haven't seen statistics that said that that restaurant sales went far north. Um, what about you, Eric? No, it's a little early to tell. I think we'll mm -hmm. see more at the end of this quarter, but mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, like so weather related. I mean, you look at the southeast. I think this summer, this winter has been pretty mild, so sales are doing pretty well. The Midwest has been hit hard with different weather as well mm -hmm. as the West Coast. So that's been challenging for, for their environment. So I think we'll see, but definitely the optimism on the street and then with the restaurant owners and the patrons, it's been very, very high. So I think we're going to see a lot of people going out and celebrate. If a listener or viewer is thinking about buying their first restaurant or opening a restaurant or, or a landlord is thinking about leasing to some restaurants, what are some of the economic factors out there that will impact the restaurant performance? Um, is it the job market? Is it is consumer uh, confidence? What what impacts? Oh my goodness. Well, I think uh, both of those. I think the job market right now is incredibly tough. I mean, we were talking to someone who's trying to staff a restaurant um, in in one local market, and he said, you know, for every opening that we have, we're using every form of advertising we can, and we can't get people to come on board. Um, occupancy cost is a huge concern if you're looking at 
restaurants. We know a lot of restaurant uh, owners who have rights to develop additional um, additional locations and they're on a hold because they can't find the space or they can't find the right space. Um, so as landlords are really looking at their spaces, um, one thing they should consider is, you know, how viable is the concept? What's their background and experience? And also, um, you know, what kind of traffic driver is that restaurant going to be to your center, which will ultimately help everybody. You know, that whole, um, you know, the rising boat is carried by the waters of everybody around them. Right. I think food costs also still a, a, a lurking pressure on the restaurateurs. Uh, beef is still very expensive right now. Uh, different commodities are shifting. Um, hopefully some, you talk about uh, government regulations earlier a little bit, but hopefully some of these regulations will be peeled back to 2017 and we can see maybe a little bit of reprieve there. But it's still something that if operators do not watch that, uh, we're talking it's almost you know, 30 to 40% of their actual you know, revenue goes towards food costs. That could be very high, it could be very taxing. So they have to keep an eye on that as, a, as an outside pressure that's always lurking on you. Yeah, I was the night manager of a chain steakhouse when I was in high school. And you know, if you turned your back, food costs just ran, <laughs> ran <laughs> yes. sky high. Yeah. You know, you had to kind of watch everything all the time. Maybe there's more controls this day and time. So in one sentence, the outlook for 2017 sales. I think 2017 sales are going to be great. I think that people are just settling into a new economy that ultimately consumer confidence is going to lag what's happening in the stock market. So we are looking for 2017 to be huge. And in terms of our individual business, we are up already about 45% in closings just in the first six weeks of the year. Um, and that points to people saying, I'm ready to get back in business and put my capital That's in. That's excellent. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more on the U.S. restaurant industry. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Are you in commercial real estate brokers? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking restaurants with Eric and Robin Gagnon of We Sell Restaurants. And let's talk about location analysis. And if you will, give us some, some of the basics of, of a proper location for a restaurant. And then, then we'll get into some more deeper analysis for our, our more experienced restaurant folks. So, so first of all, what are the basics of a good location? Well, the basic one-on-one -on -one basics here, Michael, there's main and main in every street in America. There's four corners, and there's a thousand people that want <laughs> these four corners. Right, right. So that's a challenge we're seeing. A lot yeah. of pressure, you know, everybody knows where the good sites are in their local market. Yeah. Uh, everybody does analysis, you know, whether you're an independent or franchise, who your customer is, where do we want to be, what kind of car counts we want, but it's always bringing you back to the same areas. So everybody's fighting for the same areas and everywhere. So very competitive. So right now, because of the, a lot of of stuff did not come off the ground in the last eight years. We're seeing a lot of multiple, you know, offers, letter of intent on on uh, great locations, and landlords are 
having the pick of the litter. They're just like, no, not you, not you. This yeah. is who I want. So it's back to the basics, right? Demographics, traffic yes. counts, visibility. Mm -hmm. And what about competitors? Uh, how do you feel about the having a, a lot of restaurants around them they compete with or, or, or being in a silo? See, that's interesting because some of our clients are like, oh, no, I don't want to go there. There's too many restaurants. And for us, we're like, no, you want to go there because that's where everybody's going to eat. And if that restaurant's busy, they're going to give you a try. So, um, you know, it's a personal choice. We believe that the more restaurants that there are in a given area, the more that's going to drive traffic to that area. So we really try to get our, our clientele to open their minds to that. Yeah. I know personally, I'm like that. I'll head to a an area, I'm gonna go out to eat, and I'll head on an area where I know there's like 15 restaurants, mm -hmm. and I'll decide on the way there, you know. Exactly. Where are we going, well, exactly. we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, <laughs> that, I mean, that's that whole concept is the idea of these food halls that mm -hmm. have become just a phenomenon over the past four or five years, where it's, you know, a collective of like Italy and New York, where it's a collective of different types of restaurants, and somebody can have uh, pasta and somebody else can have sushi and someone else can just have a dessert but you can have a collection of a lot of things and that's really how the restaurants should be. Yeah that's a good point. So what about mixed-use developments? How do restaurant operators feel about mixed-use developments? How are they doing? Are, do they want to be in mixed-use developments? Or? I think it's very interesting from a perspective that uh, you do have a built-in clientele but it's almost like you think about an office building cafe sometimes it's also restrictive because a lot of them are not easy to get in and out for people from the outside. Mm -hmm. And as you know, you know, talk about Robin, uh, food, you know, competitors and everything. Uh, you don't eat the same time, the same every meal, every meal, you don't eat the same food, right? Yeah. You may eat pizza one night, Chinese the next night. Yeah. So you, you have a limited amount of space mm -hmm. and a limited amount of audience. So it could be very challenging to drive business out of there. So you got to look outside of that area. And so it's, it's exciting in a way, but it's also a little concerned that if you're not able to grow your, your business outside of these, these confines of that mixed use, that you may struggle because these rents are also very, uh, very pricey in these markets. And that's really one of the huge trends that we're seeing in the marketplace is that restaurateurs have got to stop considering just the four walls that they operate with within as their restaurant and really getting outside of that and um, pushing outside to market and do catering and figure out additional lines of business that will bring more people in or take them outside their walls with their food so that they can build more traffic and get more sales. Because mixed use is a mixed bag. You do, yeah. you have the built-in clientele. Sometimes you will have a more preferable rent strategy, um, but you also can have a limitation there because other people won't go in and visit or they find the parking difficult or the access more restricted. Okay, and let's talk to landlords for a moment that maybe you're trying to attract a, a good restaurant. Uh, what are some tips for, say, a shopping center owner who wants a good restaurant tenant? Well, I think first, find a good restaurant broker <laughs> and talk to them about really what the concepts are and be clear about what you're looking for. I mean, some landlords are, are very risk averse. They've had the same concept. They know that concept. But honestly, if you have had the same concept in a lot of your centers for a number of years, um, they're probably on the way out. You know, not concepts are turning over. People want fresh, new ideas. So be open to new concepts. I see that would be first. Uh, obviously, eat the food, you know, shop their locations, understand what's going on, and then ask questions. And of course, you know, there's always online stalking. I mean, every restaurateur, the worst thing that's ever happened to them is Yelp, but there is a lot of information that can be found online about a would-be tenant. I think also they have to be realistic because they always say, oh, I want the best guy, 
but you finish the sentence. You want the best guy at the highest possible rent and the least tenant improvement money you can find. <laughs> and that's the challenge. I mean, the good operators right. know what rent they can afford. They know, you know, hey, my rent's got to be between five and eight at the most. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to pay 10. So the seasoned operator is not going to go to that landlord and just blindly say, oh, I love your space. Yeah, I'll sign on anything. So if you're willing to attract the right person and work on, 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 on a, a rent structure that is you know, appealing for, for the five to 10 year term to the, uh, to the restaurant operators, I think you'll have a win-win there. But yeah. if you're just looking for a high rent, you know, you're going to get a lot of new people that are in love with your space, but more than likely you may have some challenges down the road. Right. Yeah. It's good to look at the total picture. Right. So, and I know every location's uh, different uh, depending on the demand and how much the landlord wants the tenant. But what are you basically seeing for landlords involving TI and contributing to the build out of the restaurant for these tenants? We've really seen a tightening in the TI market in the last probably five years, again, because there hasn't been that much space coming up, and unless it's a really well-known concept. And, you know, we tell everybody, be careful about TI. From the tenant side, TI is not free money. There's an absolute cost associated with that. So a lot of, uh, we we're see a trend down in tenant improvement money because we see people going and getting that capital uh, in another place and paying less rate, uh, lower rate for it and then um, being able to negotiate on the rent a little bit better. How about the cost to open a new restaurant? Has that been increasing because of things like that, that you're having to do more of your own build out? Absolutely, I think, you know, your time to market is longer. I mean, with all the government, you know, city and counties are taking longer to do things. They're requiring to do more things. They change along the way. A lot of people say, well, they came back and says, you know, they approved this, now they changed their mind. So it is longer. Uh, cost of materials, as we all know, I mean, uh, I've gone up. So it is longer time higher costs, unfortunately, and that's one thing that as a restaurant owner, you need to be more creative about, you know, how much space you really need and say, so, oh, 3,000 square feet will do. You know, you know, we're talking about, you know, seconds in the operation, sometimes efficiency save you hundreds of dollars. So the same thing here, how many square feet do you really need? Can you lay it out your kitchen? Go see expert architects that can lay it out your kitchen in a way that you can save 500 square feet and have huge savings. So I think it is, but there's a way to combat that by being very disciplined and hire the right people to help you putting your, your package together. Right. And how much money does somebody say they, they want to open their first restaurant? <laughs> What's the uh, liquidity range of, of cash that they, you would recommend that they have? Michael, are you interested in opening a restaurant? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I would say that somebody's going to have to be capitalized at a rate of between 350000 and mm -hmm. 750000 depending on the concept. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, you know, when I've had tenants uh, opening, want to open their first restaurant and come to me to rep them, I've used a million dollars. I'm like, mm -hmm. if you've got a million dollars liquid, then I'll work with you. But so maybe I've been, I'm too high, I'm too picky. Right? Well, it depends. <laughs> we do a lot in the fast casual space, so yeah. that's a lot less intensive. There, yeah. There's no hood, there's no grease trap because there's no frying, there's no alcohol. You know, restaurants are getting smaller and smaller, and the fast casual side of things is heating up, and that's mm -hmm. been part of the and that's a smaller footprint and less infrastructure yeah I guess some people are ordering food online and some of these restaurants are delivering it right that's exactly right yeah going outside the four walls yeah. third party they don't even deliver anymore they use a third-party service and they do it for them you're right well there's some other aspects of restaurant and owning a restaurant and leasing a restaurant that's important and, and one of those is your people how do you hire them how do you train them and another one is how do you market your restaurant we'll get more into the restaurant industry right after this short break I'm Michael Bull this is the commercial real estate show stay with us Thank you. 
Hi, this is Michael Ball. Check out Plum Lending, the $1 to $25 million commercial real estate specialist. Plum offers you speed, certainty, and preferential turns because it's all driven by technology. Visit GetYourPlumLoan.com. That's GetYourPlumLoan.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're having fun talking about restaurants with Eric and Robin Gagnon. They own We Sell Restaurants. And one of the things I think it's really important about restaurants, that, at least to me, is the, the service, the staff, the, how I get treated. So let's talk about that because whether you own a, a, a shopping center and maybe you're kind of interviewing a restauranteur and you want to know how they're going to operate their business. And, of course, if you invest in a restaurant or own one, you got to know how to hire and train the people. So how important is it and what are some tips? Gosh, it has to be one of the toughest things facing restaurateurs today. Um, how do you hire? Just the amount of places that you have to post a, a hiring notice and then bringing people in and the sheer number of people that they carry on their payroll. I mean, a small restaurant, I was talking to a Chick-fil-A franchisee last night who has over 100 people on her payroll because she is willing to hire, train, find the most excellent staff that she can. And if that means they can only work four hours a week, they cover a four-hour shift. And, um, you know, really setting that standard for customer service because that is your your product to the customer. It's, I think, in many ways, it's more much more important than the food because if the even if the food is fantastic, if it took 40 minutes to come out and nobody refilled your drink or stopped by to say, how is everything, can I get you something, I'm sorry for the delay, then you're out of there. You yeah. know, they're not going to be your place of choice for the next meal. Yeah, I think it's important. Uh, you know, I used to go to a dry cleaners where the clothes were kind of wrinkled when you got them, <laughs> but they treated you like a king. You know, you just felt really special. And so you took your wrinkled clothes and smiled when you left. So I think of the restaurants the same way, right? I remember one restaurant uh, kind of upset me one day when I was young and, and had more of a temper when I was waiting for a while to get my food. And then they brought me the, ch the bill. Yeah. before the food. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, guys, where's the service, right? Yeah. So how do you how do you find the, the right people? I mean, it seems like some of the restaurants are getting part-time students. And I think it starts, one of my clients told me a long time ago, so this business is about lifestyle. This is not a job, this is not a career, it's a lifestyle, number one. So as an owner, you have to understand and live the lifestyle. And then the second part of it, a great, great restaurant consultant that does consulting for every big brands you can imagine of for years now. He says, you know, it's about creating a culture within the establishment. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, this is not just a job. You know, you, you talk about experience. Last night I had egg whites for dinner at uh, a, a restaurant and a guy said, how would you like your egg whites? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, they, they only come scrambled, right? But he's not even thinking what he's serving. He's just going through the motion versus mm -hmm. inspiring them that we're, we're, we're salespeople, we're consultant to the customers to the guests in our place. You know, we want them to come back, invite them. How many times have you gone to a restaurant where the manager is asking you, how's your meal? By the time you even open your mouth, he's already three tables down. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's just going to the motion, yeah. you know? So it's part of that culture you must create. How do you connect the front of the house with the back of the house? You know, the guys in the back of the house are, well, you guys get all the tips and all the money. Yeah. Okay, well, how do we, yeah, but I don't get a good tip if you don't get the food out. 
So how do we work together, communicate together, tie it together, whether it's an incentive package, whether it's a, a, a culture package, you know, do we rotate? A lot of customers are, are rotating. Sometimes, you know, they take somebody from the back of the house, put them on the front, on the floor for a couple of weeks to understand that. And somebody from the floor on the line for a couple of weeks. So now there's a mutual respect. So I think, you know, when you're a, a landlord or something, you want to go beyond just the, the, the financial metrics. You may want to understand who am I dealing with? Am I dealing with a, a culture? Millennials are big on culture and their style. This industry has got a very specific style that need, needs to be explored and expanded within. Yeah, and that brings to mind um, in the apartment industry, we sell apartment complexes. And one of the things that we do there is we test the leasing staff and the, the people that are showing the apartments. And we send a, a prospective person looking for an apartment to call, go online and actually visit and see how they're treated. Uh, is that done in the restaurant business? So you, you're sending in someone and see how they're treated? Uh, the huge, <laughs> huge industry for mystery shops. You know, there are all kinds of surveys that take place, but I'll tell you, social media has upended the restaurant industry. I mean, now there's, if there is a problem in a restaurant, it's on some form of social media faster. And so what it comes down to is not that you get a complaint on social media, but how quickly they're able to turn that around and turn it into a positive experience and jump on board. So um, a lot of restaurateurs are hawking their social media, they've got Google alerts everywhere, and they're looking for their restaurant name and location to show up so that they can respond and say, I am interested, I do care, I am concerned that this was your experience and I want to make it right because most of the time it's not even what occurred but your response to that that's more important for that customer. Yeah, well said. Is there a final tip for this segment for someone who's running a restaurant for maybe ongoing training they're trying to improve their staff? Well, we are seeing so much move to e-learning. So, you know, there's videos and then there's testing and then there's follow-up. So there is a lot of technology being introduced that is helping the restaurant industry, but that doesn't disconnect you from that personal touch. If you can take the, the new trainee and let them go through the motions, this is how you do it, this is what it is, and then to Eric's point, Teach them why it is. This is our vision. This is our culture. This is how we react to a customer. I think that ties it all together and makes it more powerful. Yeah. And I think the industry is uh, looking at more training. We look at a lot of franchise brands. They have expanded their training by you know, one to two weeks additional before they actually have their franchisees going into their market. So training has been something that everybody's looking at to increase, and it's been a good thing. Yeah. And you know, I always think that franchise tenants have a better chance of success, right? Is that the same in, in restaurants? Uh, if you, you buy a franchise, you have a much better chance of making it than opening up your own mom and pop restaurant? There are definitely statistics out there that would say that a franchise will um, has a greater survival ratio than a, um, than a startup. But you know that's proven wrong every day. It's that you know that's the whole idea of the American dream. That's why we are all foodies at heart and connoisseurs of the food industry and concepts that we thought, wow, I don't know how that guy's going to make it. Have you know been thrilling successes, and then somebody can open a franchise and not follow the franchise system and fail just as easily. Yeah, and I caution people to think you know, a franchise is, is is more likely to succeed by, by about 10, 15 percent higher than independent based on studies, but this is not a life jacket. People say, I'm gonna buy Taco Bell and now can I go out of business? Well, they do go out of business, trust us, we see them. So yeah. it's not a life jacket. You still have to apply the principle and the process that they're gonna teach you yeah. to be successful. Right, you're still operating the business. Correct. They're not gonna be there operating it for you. Right, that's <laughs> exactly. right. Exactly. That's right. And one of the things you brought up is online and the, uh, 
impact there of, of systems like Yelp. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the marketing to market a, a new restaurant or an ongoing restaurant or some of the latest in marketing right after this break. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit commercialsearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking restaurants with Eric and Robin Gagnon with We Sell Restaurants. And, you know, one of the things that I find as a landlord rep leasing shopping centers, it's real important to me when I see a new restaurant opening, uh, how are they getting their customers? How are they marketing the business? So whether you're up in a, a new startup restaurant or, or you have an ongoing, what are some tips for marketing today? You know, so I think it's a brilliant topic because my background is in marketing. And the, the first thing I do when I look at a restaurant's P&L that we are either reselling the restaurant or we're putting them forward to a tenant is what is on that marketing line item. Uh, we tell everyone, whoever owns that business, they are the chief marketing officer. They may think they're going to uh, be a chef. They may think they're going to be a front of house guy. But everyone's main job in a restaurant is to market that business and to grow it. And to your point, you've got to know who is that customer, where are they, and then go where they are and find them and bring them to your store. So how do you do that? It depends on your concept. And you mentioned everyone. Let me get a uh, ask you about that so you say everyone is in marketing so are you incorporating pretty much everyone that works at the restaurant to say hey get out and help us market with your social media and things like that absolutely they yeah. can jump on social media but yeah. but even within the business what's the average ticket size going to be if every single server gets a, a gets a dessert added to every third bill I mean that in and of itself is going to raise the volume so internally and externally everybody has to be an advocate they have to be a brand advocate for that restaurant and you know we talked about um, culture and millennials that's a piece of how you get everybody on board to say hey whether you're here whether you're not here you know is it you know you give every single person cards that say here's a free sandwich I know a very very smart brand that does that everybody carries around I've been on a plane before where somebody said oh I work for Chick-fil-a here's a free sandwich come and visit us I mean there are a million different techniques but it's for really understanding that connection to the customer where they are and then arming yourself and your team with the tools that they can go out and bring them in. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the model that you know you open, they will come. That's that's kind of long gone. You got to think outside the box. You know, people are building. How many people are starting construction? And you drive by. Anybody in America drives by and say, "What is it going to be? What is it going to be? Why not having it the minute they break ground? Put a sign there. Can you have a a, a truck? Can you do a pop up kitchen somewhere else in town? Mm -hmm. Start exciting people about your brand, about your food, about your culture. Share your story. Help you with the food. Also help you recruiting. Say, so, hey, you know, my son would love to work at your restaurant because your values align very much so with our family values. So there's a lot of facets. 
but you don't see that a lot yet because like Robin said, you know, oh, the marketing is a marketing person. Yeah. Not everybody's in sales when you come to the yeah. restaurant. And I think that's a, a common challenge with small business owners anyway, is they do have to wear a lot of hats. So things that uh, you guys help them with, like uh, handling the press and trying to get, get the, the new restaurant right in the press and, and how to keep uh, this restaurant top of mind with people. What are some more tips for them? Well, they cannot underestimate the value of online marketing and making sure that they own either their rights to the, their name and make sure that that URL is wrapped up and then make sure all their social media around that is wrapped up because there is just so much validation that goes on now online. I mean, 15 years ago, and when we have restaurants that we sell, they've been in business 20 years and they've just had this erosion in sales over time. And that erosion is from somebody else coming in and capturing market share because they're doing the same thing. They think if they change their menu twice a year, that's marketing. That's uh. not marketing. You know, it's a, and, and again, it's not an all of the above approach. You know, for to Eric's point, when you break ground, making sure that you have the signage out there, but also creating that buzz, doing that online, um, whether it's direct mail, whether you do TV, radio, I mean, it, it depends on your concept and what you want to stand for, how you'll reach the customer. But that's the first question you should ask yourself. Who is my customer? What do you typically see as a proper budget item? What percentage of sales should be marketing typically? Oh gosh, it depends on what stage of your life cycle you're okay. in. So if you are starting up, you know, you need to have five to eight percent out, out of the gate those first year to two years and then you can start scaling that back to what we see which is more typical which is more along a four percent line but I think you've got to go out of the gate strong and okay. push that and when you're looking at proper operations of an existing restaurant and maybe you're looking at it to, to sell it to see hey what can the new owner do to make it better are all of the restaurants that you check out are they monitoring the social media and do they have tools to set up to to watch for their name to so that they can react to to maybe bad social media actually they really don't most of them don't and that's unfortunate because one thing we do is exactly somebody comes to us we'll Google them, research them, go on their Facebook page, and when I go to their Facebook page, it says, hey, come see us tonight, 25 cents wings, and the date on this is October 22nd, you know, 2014. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know that you're, you know, I have a Facebook page, well, obviously you're not utilizing the proper way, this is not a, a discount yeah. menu board type yeah. deal. So we, we do, do look at that, and we try to recommend them and understand also why they're there and the opportunity for a new owner to take this to the next level. So we use this as an opportunity for the next person versus try to fix this current person. Yeah. So if somebody puts uh, something on Yelp and says, this restaurant's terrible, I hated it, I was there. What, what do you do if you're the restaurant owner? You can't just get it removed, right? <laughs> no, the, the number one thing, because it's not what went wrong, it's how you react to what went wrong and how quickly you do it. So every restaurateur should have a Google alert on his name and his restaurant name and his location and should immediately have all of the, the different services coming into his phone and then jump on it and react to it because you'll make a lifelong customer out of fixing a mistake yeah. and you will lose a lifetime. I mean, we all have stories. I mean, I have a story of a brand that I visited in college and I, don't get me started. I've told that story a hundred times of a terrible customer service experience and we can be anywhere and we will drive past that brand and go somewhere else because- And you I, still haven't forgotten and it was I just what, a couple weeks ago, oh, just right? a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, and you still remember it. Hey, great. But the, those things stick yeah, with you. Yeah. And so again, just jump on it as quickly as possible. And then what you, we have seen is we've seen a very negative situation turn around in a really positive way because then somebody says, 
I had an issue, and then he jumped on it, and then that's in their social media stream, and then you get the good buzz going. It drowns out that, that it was a, the start of the problem, of it was a problem at customer service level. And I think if you're a landlord or property manager, it may be a good thing for you to put Google alerts on your on your tenants and your shopping centers as well mm -hmm. and find out, you know, maybe you say, hey, they're not doing well, but I don't, get them on, don't see them on social media. All mm -hmm. I see is some kind of concerns on Yelp or, you know, there was a story on the news about, you know, about uh, health inspections. You know, maybe it's time for us to reach out to them before it gets to the point, hey, I can't pay my rent today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I own a shopping center and, and I do some marketing uh, in the market area. I do some snail mail outs. Mm -hmm to tell them, hey, here's your neighboring businesses that, uh, you, you know, these are your neighbors. Uh, they're right down the street, so, mm -hmm. so visit them. So I think you know, no matter what size landlord you are, obviously the malls and, and bigger places are marketing, but I think even some of the smaller owners can, can help market their tenants. So, you know, they're partners. If they don't do well, you don't do well, right? Exactly. That's yeah. exactly. exactly. How about video marketing? How many restaurants are doing that or, or should consider doing more of it to, to have videos out there in their social media and, and everywhere else to, to show that uh, they're the place to be? You know, video is the very is the highest capture rate online right now. That's what people like. They don't like to read. They want to see it. And think about it. Restaurants are visual, and it costs you nothing. You can do it with a cell phone these days, and just get a college kid to edit it for you and make a really beautiful. So we tell our clients go out there, shoot one to three minutes of something. The the flames and the the food being tossed in the air or somebody making the sandwich and interview your clients. You can have a montage of, you know, 20 to 50 videos done with just 30, 40 hours of, of time uh, put into that and then keep it updated. But it tells a story. People love the story of the restaurant business. They want to know who you are as the owner. They want to know what your your passion is, what got you there, what keeps you there. And um, that's, video is a great way to share that. Yeah. Final tip for restaurant owners? Oh my gosh. <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> I think, you know, one of the tips, you, you have to stick around. You mentioned earlier, you know, you have to wear many hats. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, that's okay. Hire somebody to help you with it that will get value. Just, right. you know, oh, I got a social media people. I'm paying them, you know, $500 a month. But they're not doing the results. You're not seeing, you know, you're not going to see customers. That's the thing. Social media is not about driving people to the door at lunch today. It's about engagement with your community, about engagement with the message within the people in your area about different topics of life. Yeah. You know, but they think it's about, hey, I got 99 cent soup today. Come on over. Right. So I think you have to stay relevant. You know, you are in sales 24-7 in the restaurant business. You're not, oh, I, I'm a cook. No, you're not. You're a salesperson. Right. I'm a waiter. So if you understand that, because sales is the answer pretty much to all your troubles in the restaurant yeah. business. Right. Well, good tips, good information as usual. Thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate you being here in Studio One. We enjoyed it. Thank you. We enjoyed it. Glad Keep to be here. Keep up the good work out there. And thanks for joining us on the radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, however you're watching or listening to the show. And please, sure, and please join us next week. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Excelligent, Building Data Everywhere, Plum Lending, Online Commercial Real Estate Loans, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Apto, Your Entire Brokerage in the Cloud, and Build Out, the marketing tool for your brokerage.